Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from dirty demons to disturbing dolls. And today we're joined by Ben from Faerun History. What are we talking about today, Ben? Today we're going to talk about Dritz de Erden, the famous dark elf written by uh, R.A. Salvatore. Awesome! It's finally the Dritz Dorden episode. I've been waiting so long to hear about this fool. He comes up all the time. He does. Um, he does. He's so very, let's kick it off. Popular. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, before we get started, uh, Ben, real quick, why don't you tell our audience where your expertise comes from when it comes to Faerun and Dritz Dorden in general? All right. Uh, I am a scriptwriter and voice talent for Faerun History, and uh, I have been reading the Dritz novels since 2003 when I was 12 years old, and I've probably read about all the books three times over throughout my life. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Okay. I know that feel when it comes to the certain series like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. And you got whatnot. that love. Uh, yeah, you I'm, got that love for Dritz Doherty. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> um, thinking. I'm thinking uh, so, Forgotten Realms for me is Dragonlance for you, probably. Yeah, probably. That's oh. definitely that's definitely the sense I'm getting. That's and a good touchdown for You guys me. do really good work, really thorough work, and uh, really approachable work at Fairy Rune History. So Appreciate thanks it. for coming on the show. And yeah, let's talk about Dritz. So... Can you give us a brief description, a quick summary? Who is Dritz Dorden? Well, Dritz is a famous ranger, and he's, uh, well, let's see. He's a drow ranger, obviously. Everyone knows him. Uh, people have been making copies of Dritz since his creation. But uh, Dritz is essentially a, pretty much a, a pretty boy dark elf that um, <laughs> is very philosophical. Um, really, probably one of the top ten best swordsmen in all of Faerun. Um, Ooh, yeah. he's, uh, obviously much different from the other dark elves. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's like that. Uh, it's like that. Not other, not like other girls meme. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, like other like drow. drow. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually like, uh, yeah, the other drow are actually jealous of Dritz sometimes because he, um, had still has passion, uh, despite the fact that like a drow's learned to become emotionless killers. And, right. Oh, he's he's a free man essentially, and they're they're not free. They're yeah, not he, a free people. He, yeah, he escaped that like tyrannical totalitarian state, and uh, he's right. now free roaming above. Um, and he's become obviously famous throughout the realms. Uh, he's. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me see. One of my one of my impressions of Dritz. Now I've never read a Dritz Dorden book. That's one of the main reasons we decided to bring in an expert is because I was an expert, and it's such a vast amount of story and knowledge to just cram i wasn't able to really just I, I, attach myself to to that much but um my understanding of dritz is he's kind of like this um brooding hero who like always sacrifices like his own needs um for others is this is this a true 
thing when it comes to Dritz? Uh, yes. He, um, he and his companions do that quite a bit. It's kind of like after a few books, you're just like, okay, you're going to sacrifice yourself for each other. But, um, (laughs) yeah. So this guy makes his way very selfless. Um, he, he has to deal a lot with how people perceive him. He has to deal with his own self-worth because, um, obviously he's a drow above ground. Um, right, so he gets he deals with a lot of racism, a lot of guff from all the people he meets on the I surface. Mean, yeah, that's pretty much taboo. If you're from the underdark or associated in any way, mortal like material plane top dwellers, don't they like throw the cross up at you and stuff? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, they get their holy much, water like, out. Like, it, almost immediately, people start attacking him, and people keep Oof. thinking he's a monster. At least at the beginning, and then even after he's famous, there are some people that are pretty racist towards him. Um, right. Yeah. Right. And he. So b- before we get into like the the story of how Dritz came from the Underdark to the surface and then became a legend, let's talk a little bit about Dritz creator. So my understanding is Dritz stored and was created by Ari A. Salvatore, probably one of the most prominent writers for Forgotten Realms, obviously most famous for his creation of Dritz stored. And but my understanding is he created Dritz as kind of like a, an offhand spur of the moment side character in the Icewind Dale trilogy is that true yes um essentially uh the drift books have been going back since 2e um so i think oh both, wow yeah in the 19th oh, wow. that's back in the day yeah 19 late 80s i think and uh, yeah he was commissioned to write for the forgotten realms and to make a just a trilogy they didn't really specify what and they gave him this small patch of land icewind dale it wasn't even like built out yet he had to build it out and right. um, initially he was going to make the books about Wolfgar, which is one of Dritz's companions. He's a, a young barbarian that yes, um, yes, yeah, he, he's he's strong as fuck. Um, but, <laughs> he's so goddamn strong. Yeah, yeah, like, like he he punches giants in the face. He's that strong. But um, that's oh, ridiculous. hell yeah. That's, that's my dude. Yeah. I'll talk more about him later. But like uh, yeah. he was the initial character uh, to be the hero and um, he needed a sidekick or a companion. And okay. um, in the book, Dritz is the one that trains him, but um, or at least in oh, the first wow. in the first book. But he needed a psychic companion, and uh, I think his publisher or editor, I forgot who, asked him something like or said like, you know, what he needs someone to help him with, you know, you know, being the hero. What are we gonna do? And Ari Salvatore was just like, well, I mean, like, I need, I mean, I need some time to figure that out. And they were just like, no, we need it now because we're about to <laughs> oh, we're about to do this we're about to do this meeting. And I need to go to lunch after that. So we got to like do this fucking now. Yeah, and, we need to do this now. Yeah. And, like, role, man. Uh, <laughs> and uh, like, I don't know if you'll believe this. I have a hard time believing it. But um, he he did say, like, I'm going to make a dark elf ranger. And they were like, uh, like, that that sounds stupid. What are you talking about with that? And he was just like, well, OK, I need his name. Well, I need to figure that out. Well, no, I need this now. And he was just like, uh, uh Drist Orden of the Ninth Elthamens of Berenzen or something like that. It was something like really out of the yeah he's probably just whatever first came to his head yeah it was literally like the like i'm gonna make the dumbest fantasy name and um (laughs) just without any kind of history history or cultural uh influence and they were just like are you kidding and he was like no and then they they used it they put it there and then but then he didn't really know that dritz would be great and then i think like he said like the first time he wrote wrote about him during the novel crystal shard he was like this is gonna be my character now this guy's right. right there we go you get you get this blank slate and you fall in love that's pretty cool yeah well i think i think what happens here is like from our perspective dritz almost almost seems like a tired cliche but i think at the time especially if you look at like the way dark elves were treated um he really is he was like this new compelling idea that D hadn't really had before yeah they were just monsters yeah, they were just monsters. They were they were like goblins and orcs who like, you know, uh, you know, we talk about this on the show all the time. They're people, too. But yeah, like historically in D&D, yeah, they're monsters. And that's very much how the draw were, were so, pictured. So he like he's very philosophical. I heard you guys say, is it is that something he uses to like help free himself from his like uh, subjugation in the Underdark as like drow? Uh, yeah, that's one. Re- like he he has a journal. And between every mm. chapter, at least chapters that uh, are Dritz centric, it might actually be in the books where it's just his companions too. But um, he mm. writes he writes down like little uh, little diary uh, snippets that um, Ari Salvatore says that he uses just for like he uses it to think himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like as a like a, uh, you're bouncing ideas off of like your own characters, like inner thoughts. Right. That's really cool, actually. That's really cool to give some insight into like the inner thoughts of the character. Yeah, it really is. And like the first time I read all the books, I kind of I kind of skipped them 
because I was just wanting to get to the action. But then when I reread them, oh. I was like, these are really compelling. And um, right. yeah, and he 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 is a very philosophical character in the fact that like he tries to find his way in the world. He really doesn't know where he belongs, and when he does, will it last? And it and you uh, know he's also yeah. an elf, so a lot of his friends are humans. He's going to outlive them. There's just a bunch yeah. of a bunch of stuff like that. And so he 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 constantly like tries to if he's not like I mean I'm not saying like he's endlessly philosophical when it's like his uh actual dialogue he's not but like he obviously is a deep thinker and then when he writes his he's, diary yeah, he's a thoughtful person and he thinks about like the reality of his situation and what that means that and that that is philosophical that's pretty cool the the biggest like hill to climb for me as a player in this game is relating to the long age of an elf Right. How do I role play that? So this book can kind of give you some insight into like the inner thoughts of role play of right. what like a character could think about those those situations that could probably be very tender for yeah. them. Yeah, there was. Yeah. A, um, sorry, there was an elf that meets Stritzer in one of the books and actually tries to teach him what it is to be an elf because his friends hadn't oh, been cool. lived yet. And they were like, you're right. really going to get hurt by this. You shouldn't be doing that. But he was just, you know, he's just stubborn that way. Yeah, and I think isn't Dritz relatively young for an elf? He is. Um, it actually his age got retconned. Um, in, Christ, oh. in oh. Crystal Shard, when he was the trainer of Wolfgar at Brunor's behest, and Brunor's the dwarf king that's also his companion. Um, mm-hmm. when he was the trainer of Wolfgar, he was supposed to be two hundred years old. Um, okay, but in uh, when he reached the surface, um, they retconned it from the Homeland series to where he's now sixty. So, oh, that's so young. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, and like he's still I, I think like he, he I mean, he's obviously uh, physically matured as an elf. Yeah. And I yeah. believe I believe back then that was mature for an elf in the edition. Um, I think right. I think it like at, they added age since then. I think it was like 50 <clears throat> when they became adults. I think in like 3E. I think that was when it changed. But like, yeah, now it's... Okay. But then when it started... I think in 5E, I think they switched it back. Because I'm pretty sure I read that they still reach maturity physically by like age 20 or whatever. But they're still considered children until they're like pat getting to the end of their first century. Yeah, exactly. He had to go through all of the drow um, schooling, which I could talk about later. But um, yeah, yeah. yeah, which would take a few decades. Because obviously drow live a long time. But, <laughs> right, um, right. But then after that, uh, yeah, he escaped... And uh, yeah, once he reached the surface, yeah, he was around 60. I don't know the exact age, but it was it was 60s. OK, well, well, since we're, we're talking about him escaping, let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about Dritt's story. Like, who did Dritt start as? How did he get to where we as readers know him today? Like, what's his general storyline? Yeah. Did he nat 20 a stealth role? Did he charm <laughs> person somebody like what's up? Uh, let's see. He was born in the I believe. 10th house in Menzo Berenzen and the first 10 houses or actually no it was further back I believe um but like I'll get to that uh the first 10 houses of Menzo Berenzen are the are the top 10 noble houses and so they're the big deal um right. and on the night of his birth um his house killed I believe the fourth house and they became yeah they became the ninth house of Menzo Berenzen hot damn yeah so <laughs> and, and in drow society the way this is is like it's so hypocritical um, you can kill, you could destroy another house and like go down the ladder and, you know, make yourself better. But like, if you leave any survivors that can accuse you, you are dead. The, the, right. the entire city, will, the entire city will go against you. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Dritz was going to be sacrificed to Lolf because he was the third son of, uh, his mother, Matron Malice. But, right. but, um, on the night of the battle, his, uh, older brother killed the oldest brother so he oh. could be the oldest brother. And so, oh, shit. yeah. So when that happened, Dritz was allowed to live. Because now he's, he's the second, second son. Yeah. Now he's the second boy of House Stewart. And, gotcha. um, so is that, is that a common thing across Drow? Do they uh, normally kill their third sons? Uh, I believe that that is the case. Usually they can keep some alive, but like that's a rarity. And um, yeah. I, I believe Loth yeah. was also kind of demanding it at, as well after like Major Malice kind of like, you know, um, had a psychic link with Loth, like a lot of draw priestesses do. 
Right. right. Lola's right. super active in her yeah. like people's oh, communities. Yeah, yes, tight very. Control. And there's one of the books where she actually walks straight into Men's Brins and just like, yeah, listen to me, oh. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Yeah. <laughs> that was during the time of troubles. Like these books go through a long time and forgot. Oh them. yeah. If I remember correctly, in the time of troubles were when the gods were forced to walk the earth. Yes. And when, as and when magic was kind of cool. messing yeah. up and yeah. stuff. We'll like talk that. about it one day on the show. <laughs> okay, so Dritz is born and he's lucky. He doesn't get sacrificed. What happens next? Uh after that, um he gets tutored by his sister Virna, who is I uh, she's not a good person at all. But at the same time, she's probably the nicest of the Drow sisters that he has, which is still not saying okay. much. Um right, she, right. she's still kinda, you know, if he messed up, she beat him. And stuff like that, because, you know, like, that's just how Drow are. And once once he right. left her too late, so at like the age of 16, um, no, he left her at age 12. And then for six years, he was just a servant because, like, that's just what he has to do. But then he was mm-hmm. trained by his father and he wasn't supposed to know that he was his father. And his father is Zach Nefane. And Zach Nefane is probably at the time the best weapons master in Menzo Berenzen. He's. Really, Sick. really, oh, wow. really powerful. And he hates other dark elves because of how hypocritical the society is. Mm-hmm. Right. He He's woke to yes. their their hypocritic hypocrism to their to their evil. And he's actually like he. So he's spitting this philosophy at. His exactly. Son, yeah. He, he's actually thinking about, wait a minute. We're evil. <laughs> We're the bad guys. <laughs> and and he, he's not like a great guy, but he does hate hmm. his kind. And that's interesting. And he, so is he more morally gray then? Yeah, he's he's probably neutral. Um, oh, that's interesting. I like that. Yeah. And he because it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense for like him to be truly good when he's surrounded from birth by so much evil. Instead, he was like more neutral. I, I like that. That's exactly. what he had to learn. Good and he's also from a friend like, of Jarl Axel, who we'll talk about. But Jarl Axel is in the new Dragon Heist. Um, right. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's I know he's a prominent character. I know he's a fan favorite because fans were going, clamoring when they, he was mentioned. Yeah, exactly. But they were friends. Yeah. But Zach Nefane uh, taught Dritz um, how to fight. And he also did. He also kind of taught Dritz behind closed doors so he could make sure Dritz his, his innocence wasn't destroyed. Um, That's cool. Because like pretty much weapon masters in Menzo Brins and their top two job, like their only jobs are like, we're going to kill for the house and we're going to train its soldiers. And um, right. yeah, so he trained Dritz and Dritz didn't know at the time, but he is his father um, because all I said was this is Agnifane, the weapons master, you know, here, uh, get trained by him. And uh, so Dritz kind of learned to be, I guess um, he didn't become evil because one, he had a lot of passion and two, Zagnafane and Verna kind of didn't beat it out of him. And then he rose to the ranks in the academy of, of, of you know, I think it's, yeah, Mili Magthere or Mili Magathere. I forgot what it's called. But um, that was mm-hmm. the fighter academy. He rose to the ranks in that. And I won't spoil, um, obviously, the beginning trilogy, but he um, left the Underdark. Uh, he also he had to survive in the Underdark for 10 years, by the way, alone, which is something. Oh, wow. Like, just oh, trying wow. to get out? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he was like 40 or 50 when he did that. And, um, oh man! Yeah, that's that's hardcore because yeah, absolutely. There's some dank stuff down there. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. Do the books really detail? Do they detail that ten year survival? Yes, story? that that is actually the second book in the trilogy. Oh, oh wow. it's a whole book. That does sound really. That sounds like a really cool read. Yeah, in the prequel trilogy, he made friends with a deep gnome and a hook horror. Um, he made friends with a hook horror. Yeah, uh, him and the deep gnome <laughs> became buds, and then they they found a hook horror. Amazing. Oh, I forgot the hook horror's name. Damn, like I, I'm still not. God, it had a name. Yeah, it did. It That's did. amazing. Now I need to read this book. That's I don't know much about hook horrors. I just know they're freaking monsters. And oh yeah, looking. I think I think actually the hook horror was either blessed by a wizard to be able to talk, or he was a human transformed oh by gosh. by a wizard into Fucking a hook horror. I forgot which. <laughs> Um, both both are cool. Both are cool. <laughs> both are cool ideas. Okay, so he survives, and 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 then what happens? Obviously, I guess now we're getting to the point of like, how much do we talk about? Because we don't want to talk about spoilers, right? Right, exactly. Um, first, I'm gonna just say one how he survives, and then after that, I'm gonna go straight to the surface. Um, okay, first sounds off, good. Yeah, he um he has this little thing called the hunter, and that is pretty much when he loses all sense of himself, and it's kind of like a not a Wolverine rage, but it's kind of like. He is so, so like, he's just honed for survival and that's it. And that's what he had to do to survive the Underdark for 10 years because he couldn't really think like a person or else he wouldn't have right. been able to live. So he, so he, okay, and he only does that a few times in the series and that's if something terrible happens. 
Um, but that was the first time that ever happened. That was just pure survival. So, but then he goes to the So that's like a state of mind he puts himself in? Yeah. Right. Uh, some fighters do that. I think that's some prestige class edition or something like that in like 3E or something that fighters can go into like almost like a monk-like trance. Um, oh, cool. That is really cool. Okay, so he's got this this mode where he can bring you to the next level. Yeah, but that's only if like it's something like shit goes down. Um, right. right. But he went to the surface and he wasn't obviously welcome anywhere i'm not going to spoil the third book because third book is just him going to the surface um but Mm -hmm. he wasn't really welcome anywhere so he went to the most inhospitable place imaginable which is icewind dale at the ass end of the world Uh, (laughs) cool i think it's cold there there. oh better than the underdark in fact like the regular monster is the yeti and ice worms and like nice nice. even in the summer there's no farming like there's this place called ten towns which is like the only hospitable place it's not like where the dwarves live and Mm -hmm. You the only like the only thing they have there is like textiles and fish because it's right by these three giant lakes. Like all they can do is just wait for summer so they can start fishing. Um, right. So wow. it's it's right by the sea of frozen ice, so that ought to tell you something. So he moved to Alaska. Pretty much. Yeah, happened. yeah. He pretty much moved to like Iceland or or yeah, Greenland. Um Yeah, Greenland. Greenland, yeah. He moved to Greenland, then what happened? And even and even and he became friends with Brunor Battlehammer, who is the um he was the clan leader of Clan Battlehammer of the Dwarves. He became friends with them, oddly enough, because obviously dwarves hate Drow too. Yeah, they have serious beef with Drow. Yeah, they really do, because you know they fuck them up. They delve too greedily or too deep. So um, exactly. So uh, I'm not going to explain how that happened, but they became friends. Brunor uh-huh. has an adopted daughter who's a human named Caddy Bree, and mm-hmm. um, she became friends with Dritz, and then. Uh, Battle of Ten Towns happens, and um, when barbarians attack, the tundra barbarians, and um, that live even further north, and all they survive on is like elk and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> Wolfgar, who was a really young character at the time, got his ass kicked by Brunor because um, he was just like a really young guy. Brunor's like, you know what? I'm going to make you my indentured servant. You're going to serve me for five years in the forges. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you belong to me yeah, now. Pretty much. And then he got beefy by knocking hammers together for about five years, grew up. And then Bruno was like, okay, I'm going to let you go back now. But uh, before that, you got to learn to take care of yourself. So here's this dark elf that I never told you about. It's Dritz. Um, And and like, as soon as Wolfgar saw him, Wolfgar's like fucking sorceress dog and just starts attacking him. And Dritz just beats him easy. So like, come on, dude. Um, Yeah. And then we just met. Yeah. And then that's when they start. uh, And that's pretty much Dritz was just like, a ranger in the north, running around, uh-huh. serving Brunor, helping people out who aren't too racist to him, um, living, right, living right. off the land. And when Brunor's like, I need you to train this young pup, Dritz is like, okay, I guess I can do that for an old friend. And um, Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah. cool. And obviously he goes across Faerun, has to deal with a whole bunch of stuff. One of his main rivals um, is a Baylor demon. Um, oh, really? Whoa. Man, he's got beef with the Baylor. <laughs> That's impressive. Air 2 um, is the Baylor. And he, he's at, Air 2 is actually so cool that he is rivals with the Baylor, whose name is Baylor, because he is the starter. <laughs> he's like the main one of the race. Um, I am Baylor. <laughs> yeah, I'm the epitome much. of this. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, I love uh, that. I don't want to keep explaining unless y'all want me to keep going, but like. Um, I think that's a good overview of his story because I, you know, obviously. There's a lot of books to read and people want to read these books. And yeah. We don't want to do spoilers. Yeah. There's a lot of given information. Like, you know, that Dritz is a surface walker. Right. Like, like yeah. So what what do you think makes Dritz such a compelling character? Because obviously he is compelling. He's extraordinarily popular. I would say easily the most popular, not just um, Forgotten Realms character, but the most popular character to ever come out of any D&D setting. Um, why, why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's because probably one, the way he's written, um, Ari Salvatore is a great writer. He's one reason why mm-hmm. I became a writer and why I'm going to try to be an independent wow. author in, in a moment. Um, but like, you know, he inspired me for that. Also, Dritz is um, really, really just compelling to read about. He has a lot of deep thoughts. He's also very, he loves fighting. Um, he loves, it. Um, he's kind of like, too cool for school and not in the way that he wants to be it's just kind of like uh-huh. you know he's a cloaked ranger with a giant cat for a companion that you know can oh, go yeah. behind enemy lines and just slay people left and right and orcs just like heads strewn they're like what happened here just like oh Dritz came through 
you know. And, <laughs> oh, Trish came through. <laughs> I'm too cool for school, and it's not because I want to be. It's just because I yeah, am. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's um, amazing. And, you know, obviously that, he's also, like, in-universe. He's a big deal. And, yeah. Yeah. and he also has a bunch of cool companions, too. That, like, I mean, he's friends with a dwarf king and a barbarian that could, like, arm wrestle an ogre. And, you know, just, just stuff like that, you know. So he's, he's strong. He's unique. Skilled. Yeah. He's well connected. He's also got the innate draw powers, which um, like fairy fire, globes right. of darkness, right. stuff like that. Yeah, he can cast like certain spells. Can he cast the darkness spell? Is that a thing he can do? Yes, he can. Um, he used to oh, he oh, used oh. to be able to levitate, but he can't anymore because you can only do that underground. Oh wow! Oh. Okay, all right, interesting. Yeah, so that's a Chris he Angel. also, and I know we're gonna talk about companions later, but they also have a companion that's a uh, fat halfling that um is a thief cool. that just loves laying around, but he's actually a really good, really good thief, and he kind of. By his ineptitude, he kind of makes the first trilogy, to be honest, because people are after oh, him. Oh, yeah. wow. And they have to travel around. It's, it's stuff like that. But, like, um, yeah, Dritz is just so iconic in so many ways. Um, he just he just really introspective, and he makes all these enemies and tricks them, too. He tricks enemies because, like, oh, I'm a draw. If I'm evil, you know, like, believe me. Uh, yeah, easy to do. Play on, play on the yeah, uh, yeah. Pre- preconceptions, yeah. Pretty much. But, um... Okay, well, I want to talk more about his cast of friends, and I want to talk more about his enemies. Before before we do that, let's take a short rest. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode. We're not talking about that last thing. Even though it was super awesome, we have a super educated, cool guest on the show. We're going to talk about how much we love you guys. We really appreciate you guys. You guys listening to the show, this has been our most requested topic, and we're hoping that you're enjoying it. We have a contest coming up. Would you like to talk about that, Will? Sure, I'll talk about the contest. So uh, we are running a contest from July 1st to August 31st. If August Does August have a You said 31st? September 1st last episode. September 1st it is, from July 1st <laughs> to September 1st. Uh, and we're giving away a copy of the book, 
Descent into Avernus, which is a new adventure module coming out for D&D, where uh, apparently in Forgotten Realms, they're delving they're delving into the Nine Hells. You know how much we love Nine Hells on this show. Our we do. first 100 episodes is pretty much the trek of the uh, Blood War. Indeed, it's very <laughs> true. Um, and in order to enter the contest and win that prize, all you have to do is share the show, Super Quest Saga, with a friend on social media and let us know about it. Now, this can be... Sharing it on Twitter with the hashtag uh, SuperQuest, sharing it on Facebook and sending us a snapshot of that to our email or to, to our Twitter. You can send it there, too. Or sharing it on Instagram, however you do that, because I don't know Instagram. Go ahead, Brian. Tell them about that. Uh, first, I want to talk about SuperQuest Saga. It is a fifth edition, uh, like our actual play live play game that Will DMs. I play in with two of our buddies, Jake and Josh, and it's a sci-fi adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really awesome. Definitely check it out. Go to our Instagram, the Dungeon Cast on Instagram. I'll, there will be a post there on July 1st that details the descriptions of what you need to do. It's basically going to be tag two people in this post. Tell them to watch SuperQuest Saga. There will be a link in the bio and you guys can go hopefully check it out. It's really, really awesome. We're having a great time playing it. But enough about that. Let's talk about our guest, Ben. Ben, do you want to tell us a, a little bit about some of the projects or something upcoming you're working on? Yeah, um, I am. Uh, I got a website that um, is just pretty much a business website of mine. But uh, I myself am a writer, script writer and a voice talent. And um, I'm a part of the group Faerun History. And I got to be honest, like they are they are so gracious to actually have me like, like, like because I'm not worthy of that because they are so good at what they <laughs> do. A lot of the Forgotten Realms authors uh, listen to their uh, listen to their YouTube that I found out. Oh, cool. wow. Yeah. Well, they make you guys make solid stuff there for cool. sure. Thank you. And um, but like so but I'm not very well known. They are. But um, I, I am having I do have a website um, that shows all my talents Um. I have written a, I am a writer first and foremost, I've written a short story for a new campaign setting called Sunturin, and um, I'm going to come out soon with an independent work that's a novella called Blackwood Baronies. Um, But at the moment, uh, I just have a YouTube channel um, where I talk about fantasy lore, Warhammer, D&D, Lord of the Rings, sci-fi videos, and uh, I'm, I'm a history major, so I talk about history as well. And um, also, last but not least, I am an illustrator for a very long time. So, um, oh wow, yeah, you're a man of many talents. You're barding over there. Oh, I'm yeah, just, I'm seriously, just a, I'm just a huge loser <laughs> with a lot of free time. <laughs> hey, free time is like a very valuable asset. Well, so, I'm glad you're making good use of it. Well, if you guys want to check out any men's work, his website, his novels, his, his YouTube channel, YouTube channel, or leave, his illustrations, we're going to leave all the links in the description. Yeah, go check it out. Go click that little box down there. Read it sometimes. <laughs> uh, some work goes into it, but there's mostly links down there. Yeah, there's a lot of links down there. But that being said, let's get back to the show. Returned. Indeed, we have. Welcome back, everyone. Ben, it's- welcome back. Hello. Okay. <laughs> right. Can you hear so, us, Ben? Can you hear us? Yeah, ben? I can hear you. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. Let's continue on with the episode. So, um, we've talked a lot about Dritz and his story, and uh, we touched on the fact that one of the things that makes him so compelling is his um, his flavorful cast of friends. So, let's talk about those cast of friends. Who are Dritz companions. Well, first I'm going to have to talk about Gwen Huvar, which is his magical Black Panther. Um, cool. He, Hell yeah. It's, it's a good place to start. Yes. Um, it's so a, he's a beast it's master? A, it's a uh, she. It used to be a he, but I believe they retconned it. Um, she uh, is oh, a uh, panther from the astral plane of existence. And oh, what? Uh, <laughs> she is summoned from an onyx figurine that's just a figurine of a panther that Dritz has. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah really that's really cool. cool. He carries it wherever he goes. And he got that um, from Menzo Berenzen, um after he killed a mage. Um, it was the oh, mage. Oh, it was wow. the mage's companion. And he could tell that, like, Dritz could tell <laughs> that. Not anymore. Yeah. Guinevar stole your dog doing the bad shit that the mage was wanting the cat to do. And so, uh-huh. yeah, so he took him and they've been fast friends ever since. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. So does uh, does Guinevar have like a personality or is it just like a beast? Yes, she does have a have maybe not a very distinct one, but she does. Um, she's uh, she's really huge. too. She's 600 pounds. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. Uh, she jumps on giants faces and just starts raking them off. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she 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 has a sense of humor. She sometimes sits in the dwarf. Um, it's it's, it's that's funny. yeah, she, she's really nice, really funny. She's saved the halfling a few times, just like on her own accord. She's not like a beast that needs to be told what to do. 
Um, she right, right. right. There's some agency. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's very iconic. A lot of people become Drow Rangers so they can get a uh, Black Panther like her. Right, right. Beast so companions the, are always fun. Cloning. Yeah, there we go with the cloning. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Let's go to uh, Regus or Regis. Um, it's hard to say which is the way you say his name, but he is the halfling companion. He's the rogue and thief. Um, the fat one. He is an escaped member of a very dangerous and powerful thieves guild in Calimport. Um, oh wow! And he made his way all the way, just like Dritz, to the ass end of the world, so he can escape them. Yeah, so they wouldn't assassinate nice. him because <laughs> he stole a ruby pendant that could that like when he sh- when he like uh, flicks it or sh- or moves it at all, it it like sparkles in a way that like entrances people almost. Ooh, so he, oh. he can like su- he ca- I guess it's like a weird cast to suggest. Um. Oh wow! He can like semi hypnotize people. Yeah, pretty much. And he stole that from the mm. guild leader and. Because he did that, he has to run away. So he ran all the way from the bottom mm. of Faerun to the top of Faerun. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and he became a uh, spokesman for one of the ten towns in Icewind Dale. But um, yeah, he he becomes a companion. Um, let's see, there's Brunor Battlehammer, who is uh, descended from kings. He is, uh, at the start of the series, he's just a clan leader of Clan Battlehammer. He's, he's I guess, the tank, really tough fighter, strong. Yeah, isn't he like a battle rager or something uh, like that? No, he has a battle rager friend though. Um that, oh, that shows okay. up in the books that's never bathes. Um his name is Point. Oh good. Um and battle ragers, they're they're guys like I'm not gonna go too off on this guy, but like they're they're guys that wear armor made of spikes and they just jump on people and rip them to shreds. Yeah, do you yeah, remember? We talked the about launching episode? them out of cannons yeah, at we people. Did. We did. They just <laughs> stick to you and start whacking you with axes. <laughs> and then I mentioned the jumping cactus. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, y'all did. I forgot about that. Um but uh Brunor is um let's see, he initially wants to reclaim Mithril Hall, and I'm and I know it's not a huge spoiler here because Mithril Hall is a big city now in current Yeah. Even I've heard of it. Yes, but back then it was a not. very it was like um it was like Moria. It was a very, uh, it's a lost place. No one even, even knew where it was. Brunor, 200 years before the series began, only remembered as a small child and didn't remember how to get back to it. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like taken over by gray dwarves and a giant dragon called Shimmergloom. Yeah, I've heard of Shimmergloom. It's a purple dragon, right? Uh, yes, actually. And yeah. um, cool. Uh, he's the, obviously, leader of Clan Battlehammer, and he goes back, reclaims Mithril Hall. He becomes the king of Mithril Hall multiple times. Um, oddly enough, it's, it's, it's hard. I'm not going to explain it, but he's like, he's like, I had to become a king like, twice. He's like the eighth, like 10th and 13th king of Mithril Hall or some shit. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Oh, maybe they kept dying. He kept having to step in. <laughs> God damn it. will be king again. Uh, he just, he like leaves it, does adventures and then comes back and then someone else comes back. <laughs> he's only part time. He's part time king. Pretty Get much. out of my chair. I've, I've returned. I wish I could explain okay. it more, but it's just, yeah. Um, no, fair no, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, but Let's yeah, he's, he's really good fighter. Uh, he's the oldest of the lot. Um, obviously cause he's a dwarf. He lives longer than humans as well. Um, right. Yeah. I think he lives. Yeah. I think he's like, yeah, 200 years to start a series. So, um, he's there. And then Wolfgar, of course, Wolfgar, really strong, really tall, beefy human. Um, he was tall even when he was really young. And when he grows to maturity after working for the dwarves, um, he is like seven foot tall. Um, He's like a Scandinavian looking guy, right? Like long blonde hair. He's probably about as close <laughs> as a half child as you can get without actually being having in a giant blood in him. Um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. And he wields a warhammer named Aegis or Aegis Fang. And oh, wow. this oh, wow. warhammer was made by Brunor on the winter solstice night and it was blessed by the dwarven gods. Um, because he put the dwarven uh, pantheon runes on it, and mm-hmm. it's it it not only is like a I think it's like a plus three or plus four warhammer or something. Oh, but, oh um, shit! He can also throw the warhammer, and it will appear back in his hands whenever he wills it to be. Oh, oh nice! Yeah. That's convenient. Yeah, <laughs> really, really. Oh, and of course, Cadbury, who is the um, archer and fighter, who is uh, Brunor's adoptive daughter. She's also the love mm-hmm. interest of. Um, well, actually, I, no, that's probably not a spoiler. Oh, she's a love interest. I think that's pretty well known. I Even I knew yeah, that. Yeah, she's a love interest of Wolfgar and then Dritz. Um, right. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, love triangle. Wolf, <laughs> Tell me more. Wolf, no, it's not really love triangle. Wolfgar gets put in a bus for a while, and I'm not going to explain what happens there. But no, Okay, all right. Yeah, so he gets he gets gone in a way that's kind of spoilerific. Um, it's but a then he comes Pearl back Harbor again. situation. <laughs> it's a Pearl Harbor situation. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> 
God damn it, Bray. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, okay, so yeah, let, t- actually, explain a little bit more ca- about Caddy Bree. We haven't talked about her much. Yeah, she's um, a beautiful young woman that um, talks like a dwarf because she was raised by Brunor and Clan Battlehammer. Um, she, oh, that's yeah, cool. her parents died very young from goblins, and so Brunor saved her. Ooh, and, um, damn goblins. Raised her as, as his own. And uh, she's very, very talented with the bow. She has a bow called Talmaril. <clears throat> and Talmaril is a, uh, it shoots, I think, lightning arrows or no, no, oh, oh, hell no yeah. arrows of silver. So they explode silver when they hit stuff. And oh, that's oh, so wow. cool. that's she actually dope. gets Van that Helsing. from mm-hmm. Mithril Hall when they try to reclaim it. She finds it. And um, oh, OK, that's that's a pretty cool origin story for the weapon. And she's also a prominent swordsman after Dritz trains her as well. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yes. cool. That's awesome. Yeah, she's really nice. Yeah, she's he's really a good helpful. teacher, She's kind of like the heart, yeah. Yeah, the heart that, of the group. Yeah, that's true. Pretty much. Right. Right. Yeah. And of course, uh, well, I guess I won't. There, there's something else that she can do, but I, that's spoilerific, so I will not go into that. I, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. We won't touch that. Does he have any more prominent allies before we get into prominent enemies? Yes. Um, he has some minor, uh, or not, like minor cast, but they're still very um, important. Illustrial, one of the seven sisters of um, Mistra. The, the goddess of magic, um, right. who right. is the ruler of Silvery Moon. Uh, Dritz uh, kind of almost had a relationship with her. And, you know, they like at the beginning before, like when Caterbury was like um, going to be engaged, was being engaged to Wolfgar, um, he kind of started a small relationship with Illustrial, although they didn't really go too much into that. But um, she uh, she hosts him graciously in the uh, in Silvery Moon. Silvery Moon is known for, you know, accepting races of all kinds. Um, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And let's see. Her, uh, the Harkles, oh no, the Harpels, actually. There's just a wizard called Harkle of them. But they're a family of eccentric wizards that pretty much make things explode and don't know what they're doing, but kind of do somehow. Um, they, Holy uh, shit. Super that tight. doesn't sound safe. Yeah, they're in I'm a into it. small town called Long Saddle, which is in the Silver Marches, kind of like a little bit south of the Silver Marches, I guess. And they are uh, really powerful wizards that experiment way too much. Um, and they're just, yeah, it's kind of hard to really, I would not go near them, but you know, yeah, they, they sound volatile. There's also <laughs> Belwar, who is the deep gnome that Dritz uh, befriends in the Underdark that shows, oh, oh, that shows cool. up uh, a few times again. Um, he is a honored borough warden and that's pretty much like a weapons master of the, um, the of gnomes. like the deep gnome society. Um, right. Right. he's really cool. Really he cool. has, uh, Burrow he has a hammer and a pick for hands. Um, oh, <laughs> what? The way the way the way he and that's Dritz awesome. Met, He's like a pirate. The, <laughs> pretty much like this is how it happened. The way he and Dritz met was he Dritz and his evil brother were on a patrol and they found Belwar's group. Uh, him and his patrol killed them, but Dritz wanted him to live, so he said, "Just cut off his hands instead." And so they oh. they cut his hands off and sent him back as a messenger, and then later. Dritz and him recognize each other, and Dritz is just like, "Okay, you, hey. you I mean, you, you know, like I don't like losing my hands, but you saved my life, and hey, I can do cool shit with this hammer and pick now, so we're good." So he, so he took it well. Yeah, yeah, he took it well. He knew that Dritz was trying to save him. Right, right. Fair enough. Fair Turns enough. out my hands were what was holding me back all this time. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you, Dritz Dwarden. Um. Oh, uh, isn't Yarlaxle? So can we? Talk a little bit more about him. I know he's supposed to be a prominent character. I'm completely unaware of where he fits in in the mythos. I was just about to say, um, he is, I cannot tell if he is an enemy or an ally because he's both at some times. He's one of those. Okay. Double agent. He's like the Catwoman to his Batman. <laughs> oh my God. I wouldn't say that exactly. <laughs> you know, but, um, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, he is, Jarl Axel, I'll talk a little bit about him. He is a very eccentric and very um, sly a uh, drow male that um, is one of the few powerful drow males in Menzo Brenzen society. Um, and mm. the only reason why he is is because he runs the only real mercenary group in the city that any of the houses can hire. And he, he, it's all male. Um, he, and he is the guild leader. And uh, he is always ambitious. He's always looking for an edge. But he's also not malicious. Um, right. He's friends with, That's interesting. Yeah, he's friends with Driss's father, Zach Nefane, or before he met Dritz. Um, uh-huh. and he is just so like he has, he plots to like take over Luskin, one of the port cities above ground. Like he goes on adventures to just so he can like gain some stuff. He be, he like, he, he gains magical items. He's full of magical items. He can't, he's not a wizard himself really, but like mm-hmm. 
one time a halfling put on like a magical thing to like check his aura and it like almost blinded him. Like there's so many magical items on Jarlow. Oh my gosh. He's effectively a magic user because <laughs> yeah. of all this weaponry. That's badass. Yeah. He he's he's just yeah, he's just pretty much the lovable rogue that you can't really gotcha. tell who he's working for or what other than like himself. Yeah, he works for himself is what I'm gathering from yes, this. Yes, pretty much. Uh, he's also, and this isn't really a, eh, God, there's so many stuff, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, actually. Eh. Well, either just way. Just go, go with, with your gut. gut. Okay. Um, yeah, I won't even talk about it. Let's just. <laughs> your safe gut. Your safe gut. We spoil shit all the time. I will, I will tell like <laughs> We're trying not to. We're trying not to, but we're real yeah. bad at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'll try, like... I'll, I'll say, like... I mean, you know, come on. I listen. Um, we're no, talking about lore. There's going to the be truth. spoilers. It's the truth. <laughs> um, he, I'll explain, like, three or four of his magical items, and then I'll just get uh, go to the villains. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, let's To show how flamboyant he is, he has boots that serve no purpose other than to be really loud or really quiet. Um, he can walk <laughs> nice. over, like a, a... like a carpet that's like three feet thick and he can make them clack like they're on stone and he can also oh, wow. and he can walk on stone Obnoxious. and just be silent just do, and he, he wills it so it's just boots that are just like make can he can announce his presence or sneak around um, right well yeah the sneaking around part sounds particularly useful yes so. he wears an eye patch where he can see magical things or like he can like detect magic with it but he switches eyes with it a lot because he doesn't have i was about to ask so i've seen him with the eye patch but if it's a magical one does he need the eye patch no he just switches eyes he just goes between <laughs> just like oh, i'll put it on here now to fuck, fuck with it. people you know stuff like that um, yeah uh he also has a wide brimmed hat that he's that's a bag of holding and um, oh wow and he also has a uh a uh, sheath that shoots magical daggers and every every only every five daggers is it actually real but um, oh what? wow but in forgotten realms, uh, that'll fuck with you yeah in forgotten realms if you believe something is real enough then the illusion daggers can still kill you if you believe it um, oh wow which will no. mess with your head and uh last but not least he does have a a huge hat like a plume th- like feather on the top of his hat uh-huh. that people always think is just a feather but he can throw it on the ground and it's a giant bird that'll just run around start attacking people <laughs> by the way here's my book yeah pretty much um i love that it's like a Pokeball. i can i can see why this character's popular yes in fact <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll give a little anecdote aria salvatore once uh went on a forum and asked about he 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 wanted um or he needed to make a book about jarlaxle and he was like there's been uh-huh. so many magical items i don't know so he put we went on a forum anonymously and asked them to list all of the magical items that he wrote down and they gave it to him. Smart. They, they spent like four days or something on a thread being like, well, he had this and this and this, and he collected all that data. And was just like, great. Thanks for reminding me guys. Indeed. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's fantastic. All right. Well, let's move from his allies, which he seems to have a colorful ca- uh, cast there. Now let's talk about his enemies. We know Dritz is this amazing fighter. We know he's a really powerful guy. We know he's this prominent hero, but who does he spend his time fighting? Uh, probably the main, antagonist of the series is Artemis Entrury, and he is actually a very popular character in Forgotten Realms lore as well. He's a mm. probably, he's all about on par with Dritz with the sword. Uh, I oh, think wow. Ed Greenwood, the maker, maker of Forgotten Realms, Forgotten Realms said that he and Dritz are in the top ten guys, and I think like Dritz is like ninth and he's tenth or something like that, but he, um, he's an assassin, cold and emotionless. Um, he comes to the north to He's hired by the guilds in Calimport to get Regis back because he took the ruby pendant. Um, okay. Yeah, and he he searches around, and he, he, you can't kill, you can't um, escape this guy, you you can't uh, control this guy. He's taking people, really powerful people, captive. He's just really, really dangerous, and he hates Dritz because Dritz is his level of skill with the sword, but Dritz didn't have to sacrifice his personal life. Um. Dritz his did, personality uh, yeah Dritz, like he's an emotionless killer he's a lot like a drow actually yeah i was about to say he's basically like a dark mirror he's the thing Dritz was supposed to become but didn't and every fight gotcha. he has with Dritz, that's really cool. cool yeah every fight he has with Dritz in the books uh is like the highlight of the books like they're just they're just so iconic um because he's so good and Dritz is so fucking good um but it's like vegeta and goku pretty much yeah <laughs> i guess so. um but uh let's see Artemis is, he's also in, like, he's in a lot of games, too. He's in one of the Baldur's Gate games. Um, he's in, I think, uh, yeah, he's in the pre, the prelude book to the Neverwinter uh, online game. Um, he's really popular. 
Uh, he's got a he's got a uh, vampiric dagger um, that he uses to like stab people and then take their life essence to heal himself. Um, cool. Yeah, he's just he's just really really badass. Um, <laughs> right. Ne- next on the line is Ertu the Baylor. Um, he he hates Dritz because Dritz tricked him one uh, by saying like I'm a dark elf. You can trust me. And um, right. right after that, when Baylor when he when Ertu realized that Dritz was bullshitting with him. He attacked him, and the only reason why Dritz survived, because, you know, Dritz is great, but he's still a Baylor. Um, yeah. The only reason why Dritz survived was because Dritz had a, which I'll talk about later, but one of his magical scimitars, uh, and it was named Icing Death, and it was mm-hmm. actually an ice scimitar that allowed him to survive the flames of the Baylor, and then it also hurt the Baylor, so he, could, he, so he banished him. And Air 2 was always oh, trying wow. to get back to the material plane, uh, for one, power, but fool. two, to kill Dritz. Um, Interesting. Yeah, let's see. There's also Elephane, who is a really tragic character. I won't spoil too much, but Elephane, uh, Dritz was in one raid on the surface world once when he was very young. He went to the surface mm-hmm. world to attack an elven village because that's what Drow loved to do. And Dritz saved, yeah. Her, yeah. saved her life by putting the corpse of her dead mother on her. Ooh. Um, God, that's not traumatizing. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but she, unlike Bell, I'm going to save you, but I'm going to scar you for life. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, but unlike Belwar, who realized that Dritz is trying to help him when he cut it, when he had his hands cut off, uh, this girl didn't think so. Uh, uh, she did not take it. No, well. she did not take it well. And she uh, comes uh, comes around later her. in the books. She really wants to kill Dritz because she's been like training her whole life to kill him because of that incident when she was a child. Jeez. Um, let's see. There's also I, I find it interesting, and I didn't expect this that there aren't any Drow so far at the top of this enemy list. Uh, true. Um. That's mostly because it takes a while for him to go back to the Underdark, but there are a few. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, his no, they're initial not pursuing enemy him is his in own the material mother, plane. Actually, um, during the uh, time when he's in the Underdark, uh, Matron Malice, and you know, Malice is obviously, I mean, that's a hell of a name. Um, Indeed. Yeah. Uh, she tries to get him back so she can, like, uh, praise Loth and stuff like that. And let's see. Uh, <clears throat> Matron Br- Bainray, who was the pretty much the queen of drow society she's the she's the matron of the top house um right. she's a big enemy as is the other weapons masters of menzo berenzen because they all know zach nefane's uh old reputation and they know that dritz is his equal and so they all want to prove themselves by killing dritz if whoever kills dritz can say that they've killed zach nefane and so they will then be the greatest weapons masters in menzo oh I see, I see so they're always trying to go after him for that if he ever goes there like he he did went back to the he went back to Menzo Brinson once and the top weapons master of the time was like I need to fight him please let me fight him so I can kill him. Um, there are a bunch of rivals there. I'm not even gonna name names. <laughs> uh, right. right. Let's see. He also has a bunch of. Uh, actually, there's just there's so many enemies down the line. Uh, one of the latest enemies is Sazam Tam, who is actually very prominent in the new 5e stuff and he's like the king of the wizards of thay um oh wow and uh he tried to uh send some people to take over neverwinter after neverwinter got destroyed in the time of troubles and uh dritz was there and he foiled his problems along with um a few other characters um and of course loth herself it's it's hard to say i'm not going to go too much into it about whether or not he is an agent of hers or not but right we have talked about it a little bit i think in the Loth episode how i said like despite the fact that uh dritz is like one of the biggest enemies of drow kind and kind of like a spit in their eye his very existence Loth in some ways likes having him around because she challenges her people and throws them a bit into chaos exactly um she interesting she is amused by him i would say um, yeah. yeah, I think she gets amused by how pissed off he makes her people. <laughs> pretty much, but um, I would never, ever, ever count her as an ally, though. Um, oh no, absolutely not. So she's like actively tagged as his enemy. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. And and she has also tried to fuck him over a few times indirectly. Um, like she's like heir to the Baylor has been under her dominion a few times or once or twice because she has been like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. We're gonna rub, rub each other's backs here. But uh, but of course, she being like a, a, a intermediate goddess or something, she can obviously command her and do whatever the, whatever she wants because you know gods can trump Baylor's easy. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but she she waltzes into his mushroom kingdom. When I know that sounds weird, but his kingdom in the abyss is literally made of giant mushrooms. Oh, oh yeah, shit. they have that down there. They yeah. do have that down there. Yep. <laughs> and she waltzes in, tells him like, "Look, I'm going to command you now, but uh, you know, don't worry, I'll let you get your v- revenge on Dritz too. So you know, it's all it's all going to be good. But still, like, you're my slave right now. <laughs> so, wow. All right. Well, that's quite the list of enemies. Let's talk about Dritz's abilities. Now, I know you mentioned Icing Death. I know he has a second scimitar called, uh, what, Twinkle? Twinkle, yes. Um, He got Icing Death after he and Wolfgar felled an ice dragon. Um, Oh, wow, nice. And he got Twinkle from a wizard um, in the first trilogy who, uh, it was actually an elven, like a a surface elven uh, scimitar that the wizard was just like, take this Dritz to word and it's dangerous to go alone kind of thing. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, let's see. He also has uh, magical bracers. No, magical. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it? I think they're ankle. They're, no, they're, it's two bracelets that he actually puts on his feet so he can run. Yeah, quickly. yeah I heard about this. Yes. Um, the one of the main weapons master that was his rival in one series of books um, ha- almost killed Dritz because he had these magical bracelets that can make his arms move faster than the eye could see. Um but when Dritz defeated him, uh, Dritz got him and realized that these are too fast. This is why I beat him, because like he couldn't control his movements too well. So he put him on his ankles, so uh, now he can like run extra Too much quickly. momentum. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so now he can run extra quickly bros. with those. And other than that, I be- yes, he also has a Pwifwi, I believe what it's called. And it's the Drow Cloak. And it's kind of like a cloak oh. of elven kind, except... You can't have a hero without a magical cloak. Yeah, for real. essentially. Um, I forgot the exact stats of that, and I believe they only really work in the Underdark, so I think he just has it for, like, accessory now. Oh, yeah. I I just got this because it looks good. Just (laughs) because... I mean, like, he's had it for a while. Why not keep it? I mean... (laughs) It's a fine cloak. I'll wear it. Would you say that Drist is an overpowered character? Um, I would say that he might be now. (laughs) Um, he was not at the beginning... It was very, very, or in the middle. It was very, very, um, you could tell how he got that strong. He was trained by the best. Um, He still, he still, he had a way about him. It's difficult in these types of fantasy novels to not become overpowered when you have 22 novels of story told. Exactly. I mean, that's inevitably it's what happens to RPG characters, even yeah. when you're just playing like or Final anime Fantasy. characters, yeah. anime characters as well. You gather power mm-hmm. as you go and then eventually you just retain it all. Yeah. We'll eventually do an El Minister episode and it's the same deal with him. Like he becomes so powerful. It's stupid. I will say that um, but, uh, someone asked R.S. Salvatore once who would win in a fight between Dritz and El Minister. And R.S. Salvatore said, um, it depends on who's writing the book. Oh, you said. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but I mean, uh, on, from what I know about Elementus stories, like that's not that's not a fair fight. That's like a fight between a demigod, basically, with Elminister and just an amazing, amazing physical fighter. It's like, well, one has reality altering powers, and the other swings a sword really well. True. Um, that's, but that's just my hot take. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dritz has. I mean, obviously, he fights Baylor, so you can't really take that away from him. But yeah. Oh, absolutely not. But. Uh, <laughs> Is he overpowered now? Um, when he was a ranger fighter, I would say probably not. I would say he was so powerful that you wouldn't want to fight him with a sword, but it wasn't to the fact that, like, oh, God, look at look this Mary Sue. But, like, he, like the latest books, I'm not going to explain what happens in him, but the latest books, he actually starts gaining levels in Monk. Um, what? Oh, man. So, okay. And th- by that point, I'm like, all right, Alra Salvatore, I love you, but like, let's not go there. <laughs> right, right. And he also, I can definitely see that. And he also has some levels in Thief, too, or Rogue, just because... That seems more fitting than Monk, if yeah. you ask me. But he's such yeah. a high-level character, though, that uh, he... You could make the argument that he is overpowered, um, but like, I think now he is. I think for a long right. time he was not. Okay. Well, this brings me to my, my two final questions. The first being... Fitting Dritz into a campaign. Number one, would you do this? Should you do this? And if you were to do this, how would you do this? Um, I did run a Forgotten Realms campaign once, and I put Cadibri and Wolfgar in there, but I had not gotten to Dritz yet before we stopped. Um, oh, okay. I wanted to, but I was not able to. However, <clears throat> I would only suggest ever doing it if you have read the books as much as I have, because people will make him into the cliche that he's not. Right. Yeah, they right. will. They will just try to make him this eponymous kind of. 
Uh, I'm a dark elf hero. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah, like if you can really respect the character and you actually get enemies that he that like you would need him for, then yeah. I would say yeah, you can go for it. But like, I think. For me as a dungeon master, one of the things that I'm always wary of is introducing NPCs that outshine the actual characters. And Dritz being the icon that he is and being as powerful as he is, that's why I would refrain myself from doing it. But he's also a really cool, compelling uh, compelling character that if you're fans of Dritz, it would be kind of cool to have him in the campaign. Yes, and you can also do it in a certain timeline where it's earlier. Than, than before he got like really really high level like before the time right of, before that's the time true. Of troubles yeah stuff like that cool beans oh okay last question and I guess is this one can get a little spoilery so we don't need to necessarily answer it but my question is where is Dritz now what's he up to what's he doing currently in his storylines uh that is very spoilery let's see um is that an unanswerable question? Because we don't have to answer, I answer this. Uh, I mean, like, because it's even hard for me to follow a little bit, just because it's so. I'll say, I'll say this much: anyone who doesn't want spoilers probably should, like, you know, go like la 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 for a while. But like, fair enough. Um, yeah, but like after the time of troubles, um, when we went from three E to four E, that was a hundred years gone by. Mm-hmm. So all of his human friends died. Oh, wow. um, and oh gosh, but but uh, like Cadbury was learning to be a mage. She decided, like I think she got an accident, and she decided to become a mage instead of continuing with a fighter ranger, um, like Prince mm-hmm. Totter. And so, but when magic started going awry, she died from it. And oh, and Wolfgar, um, obviously that's from the spell plague, right? Spell plague. Yes, the spell plague ah. uh, killed her, and gotcha. um, Wolfgar kind of. Uh, he kind of left because he was scarred because Wolfgar actually became the, the, um, he was taken by one of Loth's demon, uh, the yokels. You, you, you know what a yokel is, right? Yeah. We've talked about him on the show. Yeah. Wolfgar sacrificed himself to take out a yokel, but instead of killing himself, the yokel pulled him down to the abyss and he became a slave of Urtu, the Baylor for six Ooh. years. Um, Worst six years of his life. Yeah, it was. When he came back, he didn't. He he, he couldn't see his friends without looking at demons. He had he. Oh he, wow. Yeah, that's that's what he, that's what putting him on a bus. What I meant earlier. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Gone for six years. Um, and they thought he was dead instead of being in the abyss. But when he came back, um, which I won't explain obviously, but like um, he he left for a while. He became a huge drunk. Uh, he became kind of a neutral character rather than a good character for a bit, just because like he couldn't handle everything. Um, he, he became friends with a rogue and a thief and, uh, his story is pretty compelling, but then he comes back, he becomes better. But like after the hundred years, um, even Brunor is getting old and he, he goes and finds the old city of Gauntlegrim, which is like the next mithril hall, like the ancient, uh, Delzun dwarven kingdom. And Delzun's one of the old, old, like ancient, ancient clans. Um, mm-hmm. and he became the king of that. Uh, he fought a pit fiend and killed it. Brunor did because Brunor mm-hmm. was like imbued, oh, wow. imbued by his gods um, and stuff like that. But after all that, uh, Dritz is a uh, worshiper of Mialiki, the um, the nature goddess. And she actually um, put his companions in a small altar dimension. So oh. they had their own slice of... Uh, like heaven or Elysium or like, you know, at the afterlife, like they lived there until they could be brought back. And they were, they were brought back, um, by her blessing because, uh, Dritz was kind of like going down a dark path. Cause obviously Cause Dritz, Dritz needs his friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Dritz is kind of like hanging out with some bad people too after a while. Cause he didn't know what to do. Oh, no. Um, hanging around with the wrong crowd. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, God, that's, that's a whole can of beans. Um, but, <laughs> but, uh, <clears throat> when they came back in five E, or, or uh, I think it was 5e, uh, in the Companions Codex. Uh, they showed up again, uh, born into different families, but they were still themselves. So they were they had to kind of grow up again, even though they knew who they were. Oh, that's that's bizarre. Very odd, yes. It, was hard to, it, okay. it wasn't hard. It was hard to read, but it was odd to read. Now I'm just like, well, this is still kind of interesting. Yeah. So I take it they grow up again and they become themselves, and is he just palling around with them now? 
Uh, yes, he is. However, uh, Loth has also gone a little out of whack. She's kind of opened the abyss a few times. I'm not going to go into that. Um, she's... <laughs> right. Yeah, she's done that. Uh, Matron Bainray, the Queen of Menzabrinzen, was killed uh, when she tried to invade Mithra Hall by Brunor Battlehammer years ago. And she was resurrected as well by Loth. Um, because she was one of Loth's chosen, and she's come back. She's tried to uh, seduce Dritz into the dark path again. Um, <laughs> Join the dark side. People have done that a lot, actually. Um, Do it your power. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a voice talent. I forgot. <laughs> um, but, like, let's see. It's just in. He also meets a monk called Cain, who is one of the monks in Dameran. And the monk called Kane actually trains him a bit in monk, which I thought was going a little too far. And and Kane was around back in three E. Um, okay, so he's a, he's a famous monk. He's yeah, he's one of the monks that followed Gareth Dragonsbane and his crew, and they fought like this witch king that was like a servant of Orcus. Um, they were famous for that, and he because he's a monk and they have like perfect body, he was still very old, but he could live longer than most humans. Right. right. Yeah. So he stayed around. He helped train Dritz a bit. Uh, and the latest thing is Zach Nefane has actually come back. His father. Oh, so now he's dealing with that. Yes. Um, but, and I will say I don't entirely agree with Ari Salvatore on this. I'm not going to go too much into it. But Zach Nefane, Dritz is having a hard time dealing with Zach Nefane now because Zach Nefane still has that old dark elf prejudice, even if he's not like the other dark elves. Right. He's still not a good person. Right. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, I think that he was a better person than when R.A. Salvatore is trying to make him be out now, especially after reading Homeland again recently. But okay. then again, you know, he, he wrote it in the early 90s. So, like, I cannot fault him for that either. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've done a pretty thorough overview of Dritz at this point. Um, I think we can get ready for a long rest. Ben, thanks for coming on to the show. Thanks a lot, man. I yeah, really appreciate you coming. Absolutely. And you've done a wonderful job, I think. I think the audience will really appreciate all the info that you've given them. Um, before we go, we really quick, we want to tell everyone about our gaming channel, TDC Plays, where we sit around and play video games and just hang out. And uh, if you guys are into that, if you're into us here at the Dungeon Cast, you might like that. Check out the description below. And uh, I think we'll talk to you guys later. Let's call it a game. All right. Bye. The Dungeon Cast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.